in 12. How you guys doing tonight? You good? Good. Man, I'm so excited to be here. Like Stephen said, my name's Trey. I'm the H12 resident. So those of you who are going in the ninth grade, man, we're excited to have you up at H12 in a couple months at the end of the summer. It's going to be amazing. But I'm glad to be here. I, uh, I don't think you guys know how blessed you are to have a ministry like this. How blessed you are to have a pastor like Stephen as your pastor. Can we give it up for Stephen? Stephen's a man. And, and you guys don't know this, but Steve, he, he is one of the best middle school pastors in the country. People all over the country look up to him. They know him. He's amazing. You guys probably don't even know that, but you guys are blessed. All right? And you got some amazing residents like Austin and Matt. And now you got Casey. So, man, you guys, you guys have an amazing opportunity here at M12 and I am just pumped to be here. I'm excited to be here because we're talking tonight about a fight. And now for me, I love, like in movies, I love fight scenes. I love a good fight scene. I love movies that have a lot of good fight scenes. I love movies like Lord of the Rings or any Star Wars fans out there. Good. Yes, I love Star Wars. So many good fight scenes. And, and tonight, the fight we're talking about is the fight against temptation. Now, that's a difficult fight. That's a tough fight. The fight against temptation is so hard sometimes, it feels like we're even fighting against our own selves. Kind of like Dwight from this clip from The Office. So check this out. Wow. <laughs> and see, tonight we're talking about the fight against temptation. And the fight against temptation, sometimes it feels like we're fighting against ourselves. That's how, that's how tough this fight is. If, if the fight against temptation were something where we could fight against someone else or something else, that would be easier. But it's sometimes seems like we're fighting against ourselves. And this is important to talk about because, and this is in your notes, you can jot it down if you want, but everyone experiences temptation. Everyone experiences temptation. So this is why I'm excited to give this talk to you guys because everyone can get something from this talk because everyone experiences temptation. And even if you're a Christian, you experience temptation. There's still times where temptation hits you and you fall to it and, and sometimes you stumble and fall, and, and you, you seem like, man, this is tough. I feel like I'm fighting a fight against myself. Why is temptation so tempting? And, and so to learn more about this, we're going to turn to the book of James. And so if you guys want to open up your Bibles, we're in chapter 1 of the book of James. That is page 1216. Page 1216. And in this, we're in week 3 of Faith Works. In this series, we're looking at what the book of James has to say about how to live life like Jesus. And see, so I want everyone to turn to their neighbor. This is a little pop quiz. Tell your neighbor who you think wrote the book of James. One, two, three, go. All right, all right, all right. I heard a lot of Jameses. That's good. That was not a trick question. James is the author of the book of James. Now, he wasn't like all prideful and he didn't name it after himself. We named it after him. All right, so he's not sitting down like, I'm going to write a book called James. But the book of James is really, really special because James, James is the younger half-brother of Jesus. So Jesus was his older brother. Can you guys imagine that? Some of you guys, some of you have older siblings and you're like, no, my siblings are not perfect. James' sibling was literally perfect. That must have been tough to live up to. His mom's like, oh, James, why can't you be more like Jesus? Thanks, Mom. James, what would Jesus do? Thanks, thanks, Mom. But here's the deal. James is writing a book telling us how to live life 
like Jesus. And who better to write that but James? Because he saw Jesus grow up, saw Jesus his whole life. And so we want to pay a lot of attention to James and how to handle temptation. So let's look in James chapter 1, verse 13. It's on page 1216. It says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So right off the bat, James is like, all right, let's, let's set this straight. God doesn't tempt anyone. All right, God might have us go through some hard times or go through things that make us stronger, but God never wants us to cross lines or boundaries that he's made for us, so God never tempts us. And that's important to remember. So if God doesn't tempt us, where does this temptation come from? Why does it feel like temptation is so hard, like we're fighting against ourselves like Dwight in the office? Let's, let's keep going. Next verse, 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now here's, here's what James is saying. He's saying sin and temptation, temptation comes from within us. Temptation comes from our own desires within us. That's where temptation comes from. And so that's important to remember because that means that we sometimes can't trust every thought that comes through our mind or every feeling we have. You know, the saying like, I'll just do what you want, you know. We can't, always, we can't always trust that because temptation and sin comes from within us. But another interesting thing in here is that temptation and sin are not the same thing. See, everyone experiences temptation. Even Jesus experienced temptation. But Jesus did not sin. See, temptation transitions into sin when we start dwelling on it, when we start acting out in it, when we start doing the things that we're being tempted to do, that's when it becomes sin. And sin's a big deal. Sin's a big deal because sin leads to death. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, that brought death, physical death, but that also brought spiritual death. It brought a separation between humanity and God. And that's why God had to send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have life spiritually and life physically. Spiritually, a new relationship with God, and, and physically, everlasting life in heaven after we die. So sin is a big deal. And the world might try to tell us, oh, that's not that big of a deal, that's not that big of a deal, but sin's a big deal because it brings death. And so that, let's continue on and see what James has to say about this. He says, he says, don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. What does that mean? What's, what's James trying to tell us? And here it is in your notes, if you want to jot it down. But temptation tells us lies. That's what temptation does. Temptation just tells us lies. And so temptation tells us lies. That means Satan, he's called the father of lies. So he tells us lies. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're pretty good at lying to ourselves too. I don't know how many of you guys set alarms to wake up, like on your, on your iPhone. You set like a million alarms in the morning, you know, because it's hard to wake up. But I know for myself, when my alarm goes off, oh, it's a struggle waking up in the morning. Anyone else with me? It's a struggle waking up in the morning. And what I do, here's what I do, here's what I do. Maybe you guys can relate. I, I wake up, I, I, I reach to my phone. I turn the alarm off, and I'm like, all right, I'm getting up. And then I say to myself, ah, I'm just going to lay down for just five more minutes. Just, just five more minutes. 
And here's the thing. Deep down inside, I know I'm not waking up in five minutes. Uh Uh-uh. But I lie to myself and I convince myself that, yeah, yeah, I'm waking up in five minutes. Yeah. See, we deceive ourselves. Temptation tells us lies. And over the course of my life, there's been several lies that have kind of been repeated. And I'm going to share them with you. And maybe this is helpful for you. Maybe you've seen them in your life. But there's three lies that kind of repeat and, and that temptation tells us. So I want to run through these real quick. So it's not in your notes. You can jot them down if they're helpful. But lie number one, this sin won't cost you much. And we hit on this a little bit. Sin brings death. But temptation will tell you, oh, no, no, no. You can, you can cheat on that test. No, you can disrespect your parents. No, you can, you can do that to your friends because it won't cost you much. No one will know. No one will know. That won't hurt anyone. And that's the lie that, that temptation tells us when the truth is sin brings death. It hurts us and it affects us, our relationship with others and our relationship with God. The second lie that sin tells us is God is holding out on you. You know, this is, this is what Satan said to Eve in the garden. Oh, God doesn't want your best. God's trying to hold out. He, he's trying to keep something from you. And we're going to hit on that a little bit later in the talk, but that's not true. God, God wants more for you than you want for yourself. God wants better things for you than you want for yourself, which is hard to believe because we want really good things for ourselves, don't we? But God wants even better things for you. So don't be deceived by temptation. God wants your best. And then line number three, if everyone's doing it, it must be okay. Everyone's doing it, it must be okay. Maybe you guys have even said that to your parents. Mom, dad, everyone's doing it. It's not a big deal. But that's a lie temptation tells us. God doesn't take a vote to see whether things should be good or bad. But a lot of times that's what temptation tells us. Oh, if most people are doing it, it must be good. Go ahead and do it. That's a lie that temptation says to us. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know the truth because we have the scripture. So we're going to look in James. See, what, what is the truth? The next verse, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You guys catch that? Every good thing is from God. Every good thing you've ever had, ever have, and ever will have is from God. And here's the thing. God doesn't change either. So God will always have your best in mind and will always be wanting to give you good gifts. And so because of that, we know that we can trust God and what he says. So let's check out this next verse. Because we can trust God... This is what God did. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So this is the key. This is the key to the whole night. If you're taking notes, it's in your notes. But we need to fight temptation with the truth. Fight temptation with the truth. If everyone is tempted and temptation tells us lies, then the key to fighting temptation is to fight it with the truth. And over the course of my life, there's been three powerful truths that um, have been poured into me that I've learned and discovered that are extremely helpful for us. So we're going to dive right on in. And these are three things to know. These are three truths to know. And these are things you can grow in, things you can get better at. And you might think that temptation is a tough battle right now. But I promise you there's nothing 
that the truth can't set you free from. Because if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. If you live in the truth, you believe the truth, the truth will set you free. So, th three truths, three things to know. Let's go to number one. Know yourself. Know yourself. Now, what, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Let's see. Like we said earlier, we're tempted when we're dragged away by our own evil desires. We can't always trust the habits we've built up. The, the things that are natural tendencies aren't always the best. We can't trust ourselves. And so what we need to do is know ourselves. And a part of knowing ourselves is knowing our limits. Where does temptation hit you hard? What are the situations that are really hard for you to go through and not sin? Where are the places where you crash? Growing up, I, uh, I'm, I'm the oldest in my family, so I've got four younger sisters and two younger brothers. So I'm the oldest of seven kids, and then I've got our two parents, so there's nine of us. All right, we got a crew, y'all. We got enough for a baseball team. And so growing up, we cruised around town in a 15-passenger van, and this thing was huge. We called it the Beast. Everyone in town called it the Beast. Big, white, 15-passenger van. We're cruising around town in the Beast, and we love it. And here's the thing. They, they don't even, like, sell these cars anymore because they're so dangerous. Like, you can't even, you can't even find a 15-passenger van anymore because they're so dangerous. But we loved, our, we loved the Beast. We loved our 15-passenger van. And what we did with it, we took out the back bench, and we put in a bed in the back of the car with a full mattress. All right, so we would put like all of our luggage and all of our stuff under, and then us as kids, we would just be chilling in the back bed, driving down the highway. Like, I have no idea why my parents let us do this, because it's extremely dangerous. Like, if we just get tapped by a car, like, we're all dead. Like, we're gone. But it was amazing. We loved it. And so we're, we love cruising around in the beast, and one day we're coming back from like a birthday party or something, and the car was packed. We had friends in there, too, like my whole family, plus like my best friend, my girlfriend, who's now my wife. We just had our two-year anniversary. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, but she wasn't my wife then. She's my girlfriend. And then we had like a bunch of other people. There, we probably had close to 20 people in this 15-passenger van. Like, my parents are nuts, you guys. You have no idea. And so we're, we're cruising in the 15-passenger van. We're double buckled. We're, like, in each other's laps. We've got, like, three kids crammed in the back bed. Like, it's getting crazy. And so we're cruising down the highway, and it, gets, it starts getting a little icy. Now, <laughs> now, you guys in Georgia, you guys are blessed. Like, if it gets 34 degrees, it's like, shut down the schools. Emergency, emergency. Like, everyone go home. It might snow. White stuff will fall from the sky. <laughs> You guys have no idea. Up north in Indiana, oh, man, you guys are blessed. I love being down here. It is so nice in the winter. Whew. Okay, but it was getting icy. It was getting icy in Indiana, and we're driving down the road, and we're heading this way, and then all of a sudden, we start drifting this way. Guys, this is probably, probably the scariest moment of my life because I know we're heading towards the edge of the road, we're going to hit the shoulder of the road, and we're going to flip. Like, like, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to flip. That's what 15-passenger vans are pretty much designed to do is just flip. Like, that's why you don't see 15-passenger vans, because they all flipped, all right? 
So I'm like, we're dead. Like, we're all going to die. We're heading towards this edge, and I'm terrified. And it's really weird because at the exact same time, I'm also extremely angry at my dad who's driving the car because I'm like, oh, he's going to kill my girlfriend. I'm never going to get married. Thanks a lot, dad. Like, I was so mad at my dad and terrifying. Like, it was a confusing, confusing time in my life, right? But so we're drifting. I'm like, here it is. Here, we're going to die. We're going to crash. And then all of a sudden, boom, we hit the guardrail. And literally, it was like this, boom, and we kept going like nothing even happened. And we're all like, just like. All right. That just happened. You guys see? All right. Wow. Like nothing even happened. Those guardrails, those guardrails saved our lives. And, and for us, we need to have guardrails in our lives. In our lives, we've got a path we're going down. We've got a direction we're heading. We're going down the path that we want for ourselves, that God wants for us. And sometimes we start drifting. Temptation hits hard, and we start drifting. And if we don't have guardrails in place, we're going to crash. We're heading towards destruction. But if we have guardrails in place, we can bounce off of them and keep going in the direction and the path that we want for ourselves and the best life that God wants for us. And so we need to know our limits. Where do you crash? Where do you burn? And then set up guardrails in your life to protect yourself from that. So if, if you know, for instance, if, if you know that when you, get, when you get angry, you say mean things to your friends. You say hurtful things and it hurts relationships. So instead of saying to yourself, all right, I'm going to try not to say mean things, set a guardrail and how about just don't talk when you're angry? Because you know that's a weakness of yours. Maybe if you're angry... Just take a little bit of silence. For me, a guardrail is my phone right here. You guys probably don't even know what this thing is. Look at this thing. This is like, this is like a dinosaur. What, what, wait, your guys' iPhones can't do this. That's right, that's right. Learn something new today, kids. Learn something new. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. For me, I know, hey, a place where I crash and burn is on my phone. Social media and things I'm looking at. And so I'm going to get a dumb phone. For, for me, this is a fight phone. This is, this is a guardrail for me. And man, my brother back there, I love it. <laughs> We're going to have to connect after. Connect after. I love it. But this is a guardrail for me. All right, so the first thing, know yourself, know your limits, set up guardrails to protect yourself in your weak areas. The second thing you need to know, know the Bible. Know the Bible. If I could, in, in my entire career of ministry as a pastor, if, I, if I'm 80 years old, I'm looking back on my career as a pastor, there's one thing I would want people to get away and other than to love the Lord and, and to know that God loves them, I would want everyone to know a love for Scripture, a love for the Bible. And here's why. Because temptation tells us lies. But in the Bible, we find the truth. In the Bible, we find the truth. 
Temptation tells us lies, but in the Bible, we find truth. So in high school, man, I was struggling. I played a lot of sports in high school. I love sports. I played basketball and baseball. I played baseball in college. I love it. But sometimes hanging out with athletes, man, they don't have the best mouths. Or, or sometimes hanging out with some of my friends, they would put people down. Or they would say jokes at other people's expense. And I was getting sucked into it. So this is what I did. I took a, I took a little note card. I wrote Ephesians 5.4 on it. And Ephesians 5.4 says, Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And so whenever I was tempted to put someone down or, or, or to cuss someone out, I'd pull it out. I'd be like, oh, okay, no obscenity, no foolish talk, no coarse joking. All right, thanksgiving, right, 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 right. And I'd fight the temptation that's lying to me with the truth of the scripture. So that's the second thing to know. Know the scripture. And the third thing, know the father. So we got some Star Wars fans in here, right? Right? Did I hear some Star Wars fans? Yes, I love Star Wars. And here's the thing. Growing up, this was, I was probably 10 years old. I hadn't seen Star Wars yet, so my life was sad, right? But I hadn't seen Star Wars yet. But I had heard the quote, the famous quote. You guys know the quote, like, Luke, I am your father, right? Okay, you guys know this. But here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. I had never really heard it quoted right. I just heard it quoted jokingly, like, Bob, I am your father. You know what I mean? Like, people joke around. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to play a joke on my brother. So my brother's in the yard. I hide behind a big tree we got, and I say, Noah, Noah, I am your father. And which is, looking back on it, really funny because I actually have a brother named Luke. So that would have been perfect, but I missed my opportunity there. I don't know what I was thinking. But Noah, I am your father. And Noah's like, Dad? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is working better than I thought. <laughs> Noah, I am your father. <laughs> He's like, Dad? <laughs> and I'm like, my Darth Vader voice must sound just like our dad's voice. This is brilliant. And he thought our dad was mad at him. He's, he's starting to freak out. He's like starting to come look for him. And I'm like, you know, circling around the tree as he's coming around. And I'm like, Noah, I am your father. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Noah, it's just me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he thought his father was mad at him. And a lot of times, that's what temptation will do. Temptation will tell us lies about what the father's like. You know, Satan will tell us, oh, you know, God's mad at you. Satan will tell us, oh, God doesn't love you. God's not near you. God's far from you. But if you know the Father, then you know that he loves you. If you know the Father, you know that he's near to you, that he's with you, that he loves you so much, and that he's on your side. So when that temptation comes, you're able to say, no, 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 no. I know what the Father's like. I know what my Heavenly Father's like. He loves me. He's good. He's got my best in mind. So know the Father. And for, for some of you, maybe, maybe some of you have never met the Father before, never had a relationship with God before. Maybe for some of you, knowing yourself is, is simply knowing that there's something wrong, something missing in your life. You feel that there's an emptiness. 
maybe knowing the Bible, maybe some of you have never heard the story that, that Jesus came and he died for our sins and he rose again to give us new life. And maybe to know the Father, some of you have never experienced what it is to have a relationship with God. And if that's you guys, and if you feel like that's something that you want to do, talk to a leader afterwards. Check, check it on your notes and, and, and put it in the, in the box in the back. But we want you guys to know the love of the Father. And, he, and here's the thing. As we close out, I want to give you one, one last picture. Growing up, I had this picture of, of my Christian walk as a ladder. And, and every good thing I did, I got one rung closer to God. You know, you start at the bottom and you start getting closer to God with every good thing you do. But when you mess up, when I, when I would mess up, I would feel like I would fall off the ladder and fall to the ground and I would have to pick myself back up and I would have to start back at the bottom. And for some of you, maybe you're falling to temptation over and over and over again and it feels like you're never going to win. And it feels like you can never make your way up to God. But let me tell you guys something. Listen up. We can't make our way up to God. That's impossible. We can't climb that ladder to God. And that's why God came down to us. And that's why God sent his son Jesus to be down on earth with us to die for our sins. And so instead of a ladder, instead of our Christian life as a climb to God, it's a walk with God. And you're walking with God through life. And you might stumble, you might fall, you might mess up, but he's right there beside you. And he's there to pick you up. And you don't have to go back to the beginning and start again. You just keep going. You keep heading. And, and, and you know the love of the Father. And you rely on the strength of the Father to overcome temptation. And so as you go out this week and, and the rest of this week and the rest of the summer, and hopefully the rest of your lives, I, I want you to be in love with the truth about the Bible and love with the truth about the Father, that he loves you, he cares for you, he carries you. And there's nothing, there's no temptation God can't help you overcome. And as you know those truths more and more, you'll become more and more free from temptation.